Welcome to Grad Life by the Horns, the bi-weekly podcast covering all things grad life. Hosted by me, Becky Hills. And me, Sophie Scully. Hi everyone and welcome back to Grad Life by the Horns. Today we are joined by the bubbly, hilarious and gorgeous Kaylee Golding, or in other words, your favourite gal from Brum. Another virtual recording, yet her energy still shines through the episode and we really hope you enjoy listening. She is just an all-round star who Becky and I look forward to meeting in person some point in the future. Just to give you a glimmer of context, Kaylee is a graduate from the University of Westminster and is an award-winning radio presenter and DJ, podcast host, LGBTQ plus rights and Black Lives Matter activist, body positivity influencer, Honestly, the list is endless. And not only that, she is in the process of moving into her new flat, so a huge congratulations to her. Kaylee's motto in life is to be unapologetically yourself and show great confidence in who you are, all of your perfections, and in inverted commas, imperfections. Life is way too short to compare yourself to other people and worry about what you don't have instead of focusing on what you do, which is what us graduates need to hear right now. In this episode, amongst many other conversations, we really dig deep into the topic of diversity in the radio industry and just how bad the situation is and what we can do about it. Kaylee, alongside our wonderful producer Paloma and others, launched and have developed the Radio Silence Movement, which brings awareness of the lack of representation in a pledge to improve it. The work they are doing is brilliant and it was shared everywhere on social media, so the momentum needs to keep up and people need to be more educated. I was reading an article that was featured in DJ Mag about the Radio Silence movement and I was shocked to read that only 9% of the BBC staff are from minority ethnic groups. Hopefully, listening to Kaylee in this episode, you can learn more ways you can help and gain some important tips and inspiration for POC entering the UK radio industry. We also talk about social media debates and spreading healthy messages, getting involved at university, working in radio, studying in London and tons more. Kaylee presents on The Beat London Saturdays 4 to 7, which is a station that celebrates R&B, hip hop, reggae, dancehall, soca and Afrobeats and she's brilliant on that so definitely tune in. Plus, she hosts the podcast On Your Gaydar, which explores and answers questions on the gay scene and everything LGBTQ plus and pride, which we highly recommend as well, as it's both funny and very educational. And whilst we are here bigging her up, you will not regret following her on Instagram at Kaylee Golding. We will put loads of helpful links to Kaylee's profiles and work in the show notes and on our Instagram at GradLifeByTheHorns and Twitter at GradLifeBTH. Thanks so much, Kaylee, for coming on and let's get on with the show. Hi, everyone, and welcome back to Grad Life by the Horns podcast. We are joined by the absolutely wonderful Kaylee Golding today. How are you doing, Kaylee? I'm amazing, thank you. How are you? Yeah, good, good. Like I said in our check-in, would love a glass of wine, but... After that, I'm sure after our great chat, I can have a wine. (laughs) So we start off every single episode by asking two simple questions about your week, really. So the first one is what's gone wrong this week? Oh, what has gone wrong? I'm really bad at organising, like terrible at organising my time. So I've booked in loads of like guest interviews, but I've got a massive backlog. So I've had to like cancel loads of interviews and just be like, I'm so sorry. I'm really bad at working my diary and working things out. So that was a little bit like rubbish, but <laughs> it was fine. I can reconvene at some point. <laughs> it happens, doesn't it? It happens. Another question is what's going on for you? So what's going on in the life of Kayleigh Golding? In terms of work or just life? Both. Give us both. <laughs> okay. In terms of life, so I'm actually looking to move house at the moment. Obviously, I'm from Birmingham, but living in London. So I was in Harrow because that's where I went to uni. But it's been like a year since I've graduated now. So I'm like, I have no ties to Harrow anymore. I just need to go live my London life and just find somewhere else and carry on my journey in London. So I'm looking to move like around the East London sort of area to just kind of discover a new part of London. 
really. So that's in terms of just life. And I got a new puppy. I got a new puppy as well. Very exciting. <laughs> so I'm really excited about that. Oh, so you mentioned it a little bit there about how you went to uni in Harrow. So you went to Westminster on the Harrow campus, didn't you? And yeah. can you just tell us a little bit about what you studied, what it was like transferring from Birmingham to London and what you got involved with at uni? Okay, so yeah, I went to Westminster studying radio and digital media. It's different moving from Birmingham to London, but I knew what my purpose was when I moved to London. So it was kind of going with the mindset of work, 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 study, study, study. To be honest, I spent more time working than studying, but that was in the plans, so it was fine. But it was really exciting. It kind of teaches you new life skills because you have to kind of depend on yourself in London. It's so fast-paced and expensive that you're literally throwing yourself into the deep end. So you have to learn how to swim super fast. <laughs> Luckily, I was okay. So yeah, it's really exciting. Definitely would recommend people to go to London and experience it. And why did you decide to do the kind of the radio route? What was it for you that really inspired you? Where does that passion for radio come from? Well, I originally wanted to get into music somehow. I can't sing, but kind of convinced myself that I could sing. So <laughs> I took like music <laughs> at the GCSE and I went on stages and all sorts in school thinking that I could sing. Girls, I cannot sing at all. But as soon as I got that realisation and my family was like, okay, no girl, you can't actually sing. I was like, how else can I be in music without actually having to be a performer so then my mum got me starting to listen to one extra I absolutely adore that station and listening to Trevor Nelson he's an absolute superstar an amazing broadcaster and I just loved everything that he does and he just made me feel so connected with music and taught me about old school music that was out before I was even born. Do you know what I mean? Like even now I've got a Biggie Smalls top on. I learned about Biggie Smalls from Trevor Nelson on a Sunday. So it's that sort of love that I want to be able to give to other people. Yeah, that's just what started my journey. And then it was kind of just volunteering, experimenting, trying different radio, trying production, trying presenting and just seeing where life takes me. Yeah, that's so brilliant. It's so nice that you have a little story there as well about your mum and how she introduced you to like the love of it and learning about all the music artists and stuff. And I recently saw actually on your Instagram about music artists and how they're really struggling at the minute and stuff. And do you feel like when you work in radio and you meet all these artists, you gradually become really connected to their life and you learn so much about their way of working? Definitely. With artists, it is such a battle because it's so expensive and it's such a long journey. And of course, radio is such a long journey as well. So you can definitely relate to artists. And it's just a case of speaking to them and understanding their journey. So with that said, like, I get so many artists emailing me, talking to me, just wanting some form of opportunity, as little as just playing their song on the radio. So if I can help them in any way that I can, then I will. And we all listen to music. We all love music. So where we can support artists, we really need to, because can anyone actually imagine their life with no music? I could not go to the club with no music. So I need to be supporting these artists so I can keep dancing in that club. Do you know what I mean? So we have to support them. No, that's that's absolutely brilliant. I love how you say that. And I did jump a little bit ahead because we definitely want to get into talking about your current career and what you do. But going back, you have done so much work experience and you have delved into so many different avenues. What was it that like allowed you to have that experience like do you have any tips on how to get loads of experience in radio and broadcasting my advice would be to literally just throw yourself in there sometimes you think oh you want to have this amazing life where you can go out and party all the time and do this but if you generally want a career in the creative industry it is so competitive that you have to be prepared to of course still have fun but also be prepared to put a lot of time and effort into it so it is the case of emailing people chasing people all the time asking for experiences and then when you get that foot in the door and I'm not talking about the massive stations it can be as little as the small community stations as soon as you get that foot in the door know that you're there with a purpose you either need to learn everything or you need to show what skills you do have because of 
You don't know who's holding your next step. Every single person that you meet could have some little form of opportunity that you don't even know at that point that you meet them that's going to happen. And these things develop. So it's just a case of emailing, networking, be kind to everyone, follow everyone on Instagram and just keep relationships going. That's the best thing that I would say. And also, when you do get that experience, if someone asks you whether you could do something, just lie through your teeth and just say, yeah, I can do it. And then YouTube that stuff, get that tutorial up and learn how to do it real fast because you want to just show that you're ready to learn, you're willing to learn. It's fine if you don't want to teach me, I'll teach myself. That's cool. Do you know what I mean? So just be prepared for all of that. It's an amazing journey. And I couldn't agree more. I think there's so much that in that that I'd love to pick into. But I think actually being able to do that sort of stuff requires a lot of confidence. And you have to actually believe in yourself so much to be be like, I'm going to put myself out there. I'm going to see what opportunities come my way. And once I get in there, I'm going to carry on. I'm going to push myself at these people. And sometimes that can feel a little bit tricky. That can feel a little bit like, oh, my God, are they going to believe me? do they want me is that imposter syndrome it just comes flooding in have you always been quite a confident person or is that something that you've just kind of had to put on that fake it till you make it sort of thing and push yourself and gradually you've become more confident yeah I've definitely had moments that I've been very shy a lot of the time in the past few months I've really been looking into myself as a person in the sense that before I was definitely production, 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 production. And I think it was more because of my insecurities about me being a presenter. So there weren't really anyone that looked like me on radio at the time. So I was just kind of like, I have to be production. That's all I've got. So it's not until like the past about three years that I've really said, no, do you know what? I can be a presenter. Do you know what I mean? Don't matter. I've got a lisp and a Brummy accent. I've got the personality. It's fine. Do you know what I mean? So it's like, developing confidence in areas that you don't feel okay so because of I was so unconfident in presenting I was just like well I'm gonna have to put all that energy into production and just throw yourself in there sometimes your own insecurities can be the person that lets you down the most and I talk about insecurities like they're a whole person because if they they can feel like that they can feel like they're attacking you all the time so you have to just say no 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 you are not going to do this to me I would not allow a boyfriend a girlfriend a friend a family to do all that to me so why would I allow myself to do it to myself nope you have to just give yourself them pep talks and sometimes it can be scary when you go into different stations I get shy now sometimes that you go into different environments and you're just like, oh, what what do I do now? This is a bit awkward. But you just have to talk to yourself and just say, come on, you're here for a purpose. Are you going to spend your whole life saying, oh, I feel really uncomfortable, blah, blah, blah. Or are you just going to go for it? And then in the end, it might pay off. That's the most important thing. And was there like a particular incident that made you start thinking like that? Was there like a pivotal moment you thought, okay, production isn't for me or maybe it is for you but maybe presenting is what I want to get into was there a moment or was it kind of like a gradual thing I suppose was it an overnight transition from like I'm going to do this I'm going to put myself out there or did it happen over time I would say more so it happened over time so like student radio was doing a lot of student radio just kind of as a oh let's just do it why not and that's kind of when I started to develop my presenting love and saying, do you know what? Actually, I'm into this. And don't get me wrong, like, I still love production. I work full-time in production now. I really enjoy it. But it's not right for me to only do production because of, I was insecure about being a presenter. Do you know what I mean? I love both. And we've kind of seen in radio, now working in actual stations, there's so many radio producers that are also presenters, especially at Babel where I work. There's so many that it's just like, You don't actually only have to be a presenter. You don't only just have to be a producer. You can do both. Why not? And it's these things that you kind of start to realise. And as you realise it, you build up your confidence and say, do you know what? I can do this. I can do both. I can do anything. Come on now. Do you know what I mean? That is an absolutely brilliant mentality, Kaylee. It's about how like your insecurities are like another person. So you can actually turn around to them and be like, can you just fuck off pretty much it's like <laughs> yeah it's like giving yourself the permission to speak to them as if they're just a bit of a bitch yeah <laughs> but um to- talking about that I would love to talk a little bit more about smoke radio because we have a lot of conversations with graduates who either did loads of extracurricular stuff at uni or nothing at all And I guess it depends on the person, doesn't it? So what would you say getting involved in Smoke Radio and their success? You're such a successful station as well. What did you learn most about being a part of that? 
So it's interesting because at the beginning, like, I'm not going to lie, I applied to be on the committee at Smoke. I didn't get it. <laughs> didn't get nothing on the committee. And at the time, I was really, really upset about it. And then for about a week, I was just like, oh, this is rubbish, blah, blah, blah. But then I just started to then use my time instead to work at community stations around London. And that's how I actually started to get my paid journey in radio. So everything happens for a reason. It's okay that you may not spend time being on an actual committee or doing loads of extracurricular stuff because everyone has their own journey. And sometimes it's easy to look at other people's journey and say, well, why why aren't I doing this? Why aren't I doing that? Why? And it's, no, just focus on your own journey. And that's something that I definitely learned. Because to be honest, if I did end up getting, like being a station manager in second year or being head of production, that's so much time that I wouldn't have been spending time in community radio, which is what also really, really helped me in my journey. So I just focused on doing a show. I literally just done a two hour show each week and that was more than enough like it was enough for me to still push for student radio awards it was enough for me to still develop my talent but it was also enough for me to still go out there and be out there in the real radio world like student radio is real radio but also can't get paid from student radio Mm, and I think it's all about that diversity of experience I think that when you're going into an industry especially one like radio where there is so much competition and it's all about how much experience you've got I don't think it necessarily matters whether or not your experience is at the uni radio it's at a community radio whether it's more national level I think we need to talk about more openly having that diversity of experience and to that point which radio stations did you start looking at when you first wanted to get into community was there kind of was there a resource that you tapped into or was it all kind of going out and looking and seeing what you could get into so it was literally putting into google community stations in london and luckily when I first even I think the first three days of being in London I already started listening to the beat London because I was just like okay I need to get some urban music in my life in London what am I going to listen to because national stations are great but sometimes they're not as authentic as community radio so I started listening to the beat London anyway and then I started to learn about Rinse FM, Represent, Radar at the time, Westside and all of that and it's mad because the first station I started listening to was The Beat and that was the station that I ended up at. But I emailed every single station over and over and over again. And sometimes you don't actually know what you're asking for. So what I've learned in getting experience is know what you're actually asking for. Don't ask to just come in and sit and shadow on a show for an hour if that's not what you actually want. Just turn around and say, can I have work experience? Just be straight up because... Sometimes you can ask the shadow and you see yourself going there like let's say five times for an hour and you're not actually learning as much as if you just ask for work experience in the first place and people in radio management and senior levels are that busy that they don't really get the subliminal messages <laughs> you have to just be straight up so just ask for the work experience and that's how I started literally work experience interning and it ended up being head of production at the beat and then that's how I started to get my full-time paid work in national radio yeah brilliant I was actually going to mention the beat because it must be such a brilliant achievement as well and the best thing about the beat is it really celebrates like music from the black community and you have some brilliant conversations on there as well and just on that topic what about radio is do you think is missing do you think it's diverse enough do you think they're actually taking steps to have more voices heard and have more different music genres heard or do you reckon there's still a a massive gap there and room for improvement there is the biggest gap there ever and my biggest problem with that as I mentioned earlier I was deterred away from being a presenter in radio because no one looked like me no one sounded like me. I didn't hear a Birmingham accent. I didn't hear a list. I didn't see a chubby mixed race girl. I didn't see someone that's also part of the LGBTQ plus community. I didn't see all that, especially in one person. Instead, they might have like a white gay male and then be like, oh, he's a little bit different because he's a little bit gay. And that's not enough. Do you know what I mean? I want the full works. Give me a full different person. And to think how many other people feel like that. And since doing like the radio silence movement, like from Palama and Sarah, 
I've spoke to other girls, black girls in radio, and they've been like, yeah, I didn't even think I could go in radio because of Clara's the only one on Radio 1, and there's only room for one of us to be on Radio 1. And it's that mentality that it literally breaks people's dreams. It breaks people from thinking that they can get into radio and they can have these achievements. And even as a listener, like, people want to be represented. Radio is, like, the most personal medium the reason if you speak to majority of people about radio they'll be like because it's so personal it's like they're talking directly to you it's so reactive so how can we be prideful of all them stuff when we're not actually that personal and not that many people can actually relate because it's not diverse enough for the whole country especially london stations like if you actually look at the demographics of london only 50 percent of london is white so where's the other 50% being represented in radio if your main audience is London? Where? Where? You can't say you're serving your audience because you're not. So we have so much more work to do that it is ridiculous. Like, don't get me wrong, Radio 1, the starting to play black music, living for it. Do you know what I mean? The Christmas period, like those me as along with other women of colour, males of colour and... That was doing well, but it's also, okay, next steps. So many stations have things to do. And I'm just talking about music radio. You don't even want to get me started on talk radio because speech radio is not looking cute right now. They need to sort their stuff out. They need to be way more diverse. And I think sometimes there's a mentality within speech radio that only a certain kind of person can do it. And that is not right. That is not right at all. Because a lot of young people would like to listen to speech radio and actually like to feel like they're talking about things that matter. And the younger generation, we are so open-minded that we want to hear the real tea. We want to talk about some real stuff. We want to hear about the LGBTQ plus community. We want to hear about the black community. We want to hear about female rights. We want to hear about all of that. We haven't got time to be hearing about like the politicians all the time. Do you know what I mean? Like we enjoy it now and again, but we have other important battles to fight within actual communities and actual society. So it don't reflect us at all. So there's so much work to be done and fingers crossed people will start doing it, but it's just no more okay to just say you're going to do things. We need real, real actions. That's what we need. We want people to be represented. We want to feel like we can connect. Fingers crossed that the radio industry makes it happen. I was listening to everything you said and I was just like nodding the whole way through. I was just like, that is just so important. And I think as well, like aside from the fact that we need more diversity, when you just look at radio stations from a kind of like ethnicity or a gender identity or a sexuality perspective, it's also about the conversations that those people are going to be having. Because if you all have, if a radio station like, say, look at like LBC or something, and it's all white men who have all been to private school and they all have slightly controversial opinions about stuff they're not going to be having the conversations that encourage that plethora of opinions and they're not going to be attracting the audiences that they want to tap into. And so no wonder when people say, oh, we can't have, like, we can't have black presenters or we can't have people of colour or we can't have this, this and this on LBC, for instance. I'm using them as a very vague example because our listenership isn't that. I'm like, well, if you diversified your presenters, then surely your listenership would follow suit. And so to wrap that into a question and kind of go back to, because obviously we're talking at the time when the Black Lives Matter movement is at its peak and everyone's talking about it and it's so important and it's so, it's just, it's taken too long for it to get to this point. And so I'd love to find out a little bit more about whether you've had any experiences as a black woman in the industry, if you've had any experiences that have put you off being in radio or have affected the way that you view the industry or made you so passionate about making that change. As I mentioned earlier, I think it's definitely presenting production the numbers aren't really there but you don't really know that until you're in the building so it's kind of I was always listening to one extra so it was kind of like oh everyone that I see on one extra is black so it's absolutely fine like I'll be able to get into the industry you don't really understand how undiverse production is until you literally walk through that building and you're like whoa I'm the only one here and that's the difference but then with presenting it's blatantly in front of you when you listen to capital there's no one like you on there when you listen to radio one there's only a selected amount of people on there that are like you so then you naturally start to put yourself into stations like one extra now capital extra they wasn't before 
I wouldn't listen to Capital Extra because they'd claim that there was for us, but the music didn't really represent that. All the presenters, all the content, nothing represented that. But they've come a long way and I really... I'm not going to say appreciate because they should be doing that anyway, but I like where they are now. It's not really until this year, well, the end of last year, when the Radio 1 Christmas programming happened, that I even considered being on Radio 1 because I literally was just like, no, they wouldn't have me. I'm not like anyone else. And again, that's the problem. That is the problem because too many people will have that thought process. There's so many amazing black presenters that would smash Capital, would smash Radio 1, would smash Talk Radio, would smash LBC. That'd be incredible. But it's just in our mindset, we've been kind of channeled to think that we only belong on One Extra. We only belong on Capital Extra. And that's not the case. It's not the case. But then we need programme directors to change that and to show they are bringing people like us in so we can make demos tailored to these stations because they will actually listen. Do you know what I mean? So they need to sort all that out. (laughs) Period. They need to sort it out. Yeah, I, I completely agree. It's just not where it should be. And I think especially now, and it should have always been the case, people want to learn. People want to hear other people so even if like Becky said earlier even if the caliber of their readers isn't necessary is like a specific ethnic group or sexuality or whatever you can still introduce that conversation and I think tying it back around into grad life into our age group specifically do you have because you're you have brilliant debates on Instagram you bring up brilliant conversations you're really open about your opinions and too right, you should be as well. What advice can you give to our age group who are entering that space and don't really know how to manage the difficulties that the radio and broadcasting industry have with diversity and stuff? Like what, what have you found is helpful in that kind of environment to make a positive difference? Just speak up. I think... Older generations are kind of seeing like like women have to be a certain way. This person has to be, men have to be a certain way. Younger people have to be a certain way. And with things like social media and we're so involved in everyone's life that people really have to be their authentic self. You have to be open. You have to be open to your opinion. Just speak up. If people are introduced to you knowing that you're willing to speak up, then they can't be shocked later down the line. Do you know what I mean? So when you see something that's not right, speak up. Who's going to tell you that you can't say something? And if they do, do you really want to work with that person anyway? Realistically, do you know what I mean? And we're now in a world that if you do speak up and you get punished for it, I will I will go to court <laughs> if I have to, do you know what I mean? It's not it's not okay anymore. No one can tell you that you can't have your opinion. It's a free world. But when I say opinion, I just want to make this very clear. There's certain things you can't actually have an opinion on because it's not classed as opinion. So if you're being negative towards someone's sexuality, their race, their gender, anything towards that, that's not an opinion. That's not an opinion. That's just basic human rights that people can do all that stuff. But anything else, you can have your opinion on because it's an open world, you know what I mean? So just be yourself, say when things aren't right, because you know what? People will love and respect you for it. And obviously, we've been talking about this stuff now, and we've been talking about it a lot over the last few weeks, and with Palama's like, amazing radio silence theme, it's come up a lot. But have you actually seen any tangible change, like seen anything that's really actually beginning to make a difference in the industry? Or do you think that it's going to take a long time and people are still a little bit more like, oh, should we do it? Should we not do it? What reaction is it going to have? Do you think at the moment there's a lot of showing off and saying, we're going to do X, Y, and Z, but have you seen anything that's actually tangible and actually actually going to make a difference to people at the moment? I've seen a lot of companies sign pledges and put out action plans, etc. But again, it's seeing the real actions. Like, don't get me wrong, with lockdown, things may take a little bit longer. But that's why in six months' time, 12 months' time, we're going to be revisiting this stuff. Do you know what I mean? Like, I'm very close with Palama. I've already said, girl, we are revisiting all this stuff because of you can't just say words anymore. For years, so many places have said they want to be more diverse, they want to be this, they want to be that. But you can't just come out and say it. You need to actually do actions. So, again, if you sign the packs, that's cute, but actually do the work. So... Fingers crossed. I have faith. And it's interesting, though, because I've had a lot of like media friends that have come to me and been like, 
um, is it just me or has loads of random opportunities come up? And it's amazing and opportunities have come up for a lot of people, but I don't want to see short-term opportunities for people. I don't want you to just hire someone on a freelance basis for the next two months just so you can say you've got another black employee and then drop them when it's not a trend no more. Do you know what I mean? I want to see actual real contracts. Show me that 12-month permanent contract and let them sign it and then tell me that you've got a new black employee. Otherwise, I'm not interested. If it's freelance, it's just like, okay, well, what for you to drop them in a few months? That's not cute. That's not cool. So... We can only really actually make a proper judgment on it in around, I'd say, six to 12 months. Yeah, I I completely agree. I think it needs to be sustainable and it can't just be appearance thing. It's not a trend. It's human rights. And moving on from that as well, obviously, it's been Pride Month last month and you had your little celebration this weekend. Yeah, I see you dancing. I love it. And I think as well, like, LGBTQ plus I think the Black Lives Matter movement the recent movement has made people realize like shit I don't know enough about loads of different minorities loads of different communities like I'm ignorant I need to learn more and stuff so with your brilliant podcasts on your gaydar what has been like the reception to that like have you had a lot of new conversations come out of it like what has been your highlight from starting that podcast so for me the reason why I started the podcast is because the LGBTQ plus community, a lot of people are becoming more accepting and celebrating a little bit more, but they're leaving out certain parts of the LGBTQ plus. You can't just leave certain parts out. And I think one, the trans community isn't really uplifted enough and protected enough. And that's something that in the next season of the podcast, I definitely want to highlight more. And to the black community, either within the LGBTQ plus community, we're kind of just left aside. Even if you go to like nightclubs and stuff, apart from in Birmingham, London, it's a lot of it's like just white music and commercial music. And when I say white music, I just mean non-black music, basically. And we're just not really represented. So I thought, no, honey, no, honey. I want an like an authentic podcast with real people like I don't care to have celebrities on there I don't care that I want real people off the gay scene telling me their stories telling me what goes on on the gay scene like I want real real experiences and the discussions are so raw and authentic like we talk about like people that are taking dick that said there's a lesbian now they're bisexual and trying to understand that and trying to understand when the boundaries change when you go from lesbian to bisexual and just all these conversations that happen at home within the gay community or in the club in the smoking area we want to bring these conversations to a podcast where the community actually feels represented and if you're an ally and you want to listen then feel free to listen but the main priority is to actually have a podcast that is raw and authentic and part of the black gay community so it's so exciting it's so exciting because I've had so many different messages and so many people want to talk about this and talk about that and talk about this and it's people that have no experience in radio no experience in recording but I don't care I don't care if you've got a hundred followers I don't care about any of that I just want to hear your stories because when I say the gay clubs go down more than EastEnders there is so much drama in the gay clubs and there's so much experiences to talk about and it's even understanding things like I've had people that are straight and that are allies that have listened and they're just like, whoa, I didn't really think about the fact of that gay communities are that small, that everyone dates each other's exes because there's not much options out there. But you don't know that if you don't go to the gay community, do you know what I mean? And so many gay people can relate to that. So it's just talking about all these things that are kind of not spoken about. Even when you look at gay podcasts, a lot of them it is white males. Do you know what I mean? It's not. It's still not being represented for the whole of the gay community. So even now, I've been doing a bit of work with Gaydio, and they're like the. I think they're Europe's biggest gay station, and even them, they never, they don't even have a black person on their schedule, and it's just like, okay, come on now, there is black gay people, there is black bisexual people, there is black trans people. Come on, like they want to be represented. We don't all listen to dance music. We actually do listen to rap music and some bashment and some Afro beats. We listen to all that but in our little gay bubble too. So it's just still about, again, representation and making people be able to listen to something and feel at home and feel warm within their heart because they're like, 
yeah I can relate to that yeah and I think that's so important and that's such an important and interesting conversation to open up because it is as you've kind of said throughout this entire conversation it's all about you can't be what you can't see and so people are looking constantly for someone that you can relate to and it takes people like you to have those conversations and be like this is not okay we can't just have white men doing x y and z be that on talk radio be that talking about the lgbtq plus community it's all about having people with authentic experiences and authenticity is something that's come up loads in what you're saying and it's a huge theme that I'm taking from who you are as a person and your values is that authenticity and vulnerability something that you hold really centrally to you and do you make sure that in your work and your life that you're always your most authentic and vulnerable self definitely like anyone that knows me or follows me or listens to me I am a complete open book and I didn't realize how open I am until kind of this lockdown because I've I've had like a lot of interviews and the difference is like I've been interviewed on people's podcasts on Instagram lives and all that kind of things and when people are speaking to me they're like oh yeah you're so openly gay you're so open with with this and you're so but I don't even know because I'm just being me and I'm always happy to speak about anything because I'm sure someone somewhere can relate to that and there's a conversation to be had so Again, it's just about being yourself because at the end of the day, in terms of radio, Instagram, everything, the reason why we follow people is because we love them as a person. We enjoy watching them. So I might as well sell myself, my real self to you because if when you meet me in real life, I don't want you to be like, oh, she ain't like that. Like I thought she's open and chatty and this, and I'm just there like, giving them nothing do you know what I mean so I have to just be myself so it's it's so important it's so important because one day you're just gonna crack and be like oh I'm not being myself what do I do now do you know what I mean so yeah I just push everyone to just be themselves and even if you don't love yourself at that point you will learn girl you'll learn to love yourself you'll learn that too do you know what I mean so that's just me Yeah, brilliant energy. You're honestly inspiring. Every single second you talk, you're inspiring me. It's great. And I wanted to bring this up because obviously you are a girl from Brum, but that's almost like become like your title. That's what you've put in your Instagram bio. That's how you refer to yourself. What were the origins of that? Like, When were you like, you know what, I'm going to really own that and make that a part of me. And where do you see that going? Do you see that being like a long term brand for yourself? Yeah, so I go by the slogan, your favourite girl from Brum. And the reason why I go from that is because, as I mentioned earlier, I was just kind of like, oh, can I get into radio because I've got a Brummy accent, I've got a lisp. And it's about me saying that I'm from Birmingham. It's celebrating who I am. One of my biggest insecurities was having such a strong Brummy accent. It's not as strong now because I've been in London, but it was just having such a strong... and Because it was such a big insecurity of mine, I thought, no, I'm not going to let that be an insecurity. I'm going to own it instead. So I was just like, do you know what? I'm going to celebrate this. I'm going to celebrate where I come from. And when I say to people, celebrate where you come from, for me, it's my city. I'm proud of my city. But it could be anything. It could be anything. It could be your ethnicity. You could be celebrating your sexuality, where you're from as in city, your family. You could celebrate anything. Just celebrate who you are. And being from Birmingham, living in London was a massive thing for me because, again, it was just one of the biggest insecurities of mine and do you know what I mean I couldn't be like girl with a lisp so I was just like okay two insecurities which one am I going to take which one sounds better and girl from from sound better so <laughs> no I think that's amazing and to be fair I do it myself like I I'm from Essex and you probably can't tell that I'm from Essex because I've worked so hard to lose my Essex accent because I was like no one will take me seriously if I'm from Essex if I sound like Gemma Collins no one's gonna think that I'm a credible this this and this but actually it's like having that pride in where you're from being like yes I've got an accent but that doesn't mean that I'm any less of a person and it's that especially in the media industry it's all about like you've got to have the received pronunciation you've got to look a certain way you've got to be a certain way and actually it's Again, it's taking it back to that diversity of experience and that diversity of people. Just, I don't know, the more exciting and the more the bigger range of people that are doing something, the better it's going to be. And to bring it back onto graduates and grad life, what advice would you have for graduates who are struggling with their identity and struggling to think, oh, I don't quite fit in here or I don't think I'm good enough for this because of X, Y, Z. I don't have the accent. I don't have this, that, the other. What advice would you give to graduates who are struggling with that? So... If I really take apart that question, so in terms of, again, if there's something that you think you don't have, own it, just 
own it, own what you do have. Do you know what I mean? Sometimes you have to oversell what you do have. If you go to a shop, yeah, they're not going to put on their window, oh, by the way, I don't have this, I don't have that. No, what they do have, they're going to put it right in the window for you to see because if that's what you need to sell, sell yourself, sell your positives and sell your difference because no one can take the mick out of you if you're saying, this is what I am, you're going to accept it and that is it. So that I'll definitely say own that a thousand percent. So I think not knowing where you sit in the sense that a lot of the time you look at other people's journeys. So don't think that you have to sit anywhere. You do not have to sit anywhere. Don't worry about what this person's doing, that person's doing, this person. Because of the amount of time you're spending looking at them, you're not looking at the end goal of where you want to be. Stop wasting your time on comparing about where you should sit and who seats better. No, 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 no. Just write down what it is that you want. And that can change. It can change as much as you want it to change. Just write down in your notes, this is my goals. This is what I want. And focus on working towards that. And it could be so many different directions that that takes you to that end goal. So don't even worry about identity. I think majority, if you have to go back to your own city, you have to go back to your own city and... And it's, it, it don't actually matter because you can always go back to where you went to university. I think a lot of people do struggle when they come out of university, when they don't have a job and they have to move back home and they feel like they're going back in life. But you're never going back in life because we don't go back down in age. You have to keep moving forward. That's it. Just keep moving forward. So again, the main thing, just keep your foot on that gas pedal. Keep going on your journey. It's your journey. No one else is. No one can write your book. You wrote that yourself. You're the author. So you should feel very confident because you're writing your own book. And that's it. Yeah, again, brilliantly said. And I think obviously journey is like used a lot, like especially on podcasts and stuff. You talk about journeys and all that kind of and experiences. But I think as well, it's, it's kind of switching the word journey to exploration because we are in the prime age where we have every right to explore every avenue. We have no boundaries if you want to go traveling go traveling if you want to be a producer or presenter like try try each one like especially if you're in that avenue already so it's just about exactly what you said it's about not worrying about what other people do and leading on from that we do talk about social media quite a lot on this podcast because obviously it is profound it's so popular in our age group but do you feel like you have a healthy relationship with social media? Do you find yourself having to check in with your thoughts and being like, oh, am I comparing myself? Am I following the right people that inspire me rather than make me feel crap about myself? So with Instagram, right, <laughs> I'm so bad and I hate admitting it, but I literally go onto Instagram and watch my own story and that's it. That is it because... Why am I wasting time watching everyone else? If I want to go search for something, if I, so for example, like my radio show, if I want to go search for some tea, I'll go find some gossip on the gossip page. If I want to go for find an outfit, then I'll go on like some plus size fashion blog page and I'll just search for it and that's it. I haven't got time to be scrolling, scrolling, scrolling. Like Instagram is a business. I post my promotional stuff on there and a cute selfie and the cute pictures are only to break up <laughs> the promotional stuff. So... It's just not spending too much time and you can't start comparing yourself to people. Don't do that. Don't do that. No, no. I think if you are spending a lot of time on Instagram, then yeah, follow people that inspire you. Follow people that are posting the right things. And that's it. You're in control of your social media. I think sometimes we forget that you're actually in control of that. So don't be worrying about everyone else because all you have to do is just unfollow them. It's just really not that deep. Just unfollow them. Again, everyone's just their own individual self. Don't bother comparing. Us younger generation, boy, boy. And I've been there, you know. I've actually, I've been there where you're looking at people and you're going, oh, they're so much prettier. Let me tell you something. How I look right now is not how I look on Instagram. Do you know what I mean? Instagram sees the very best of everybody. Do you think I take photos on a day-to-day? <laughs> no, honey. I take that on a Saturday when my makeup's done and I'm looking cute as hell. That's when I take the photos. So you can't compare yourself to me at that point because that's me at my very best. So when you're looking cute and you're looking 10-10, if you really want to compare, which you shouldn't, but if you really have to, then only compare when you're looking your very, very best because that's how that person looks at that point. So you have to think about it logically. 
Yeah, I couldn't agree more. And I think that conversation around Instagram and not using it as a comparison tool to beat yourself with. But I think actually there is a little bit of, sometimes there can be a little bit of benefit in comparison, but only if you use it for inspiration. Because I think that's the thing, there's that, there's that nuance in that thing where you can follow people on Instagram who you look to and you think, oh, I'd love to be like them, but it's actually molding the way that you perceive it and saying, I would love to be like them, but it doesn't mean I'm gonna now beat myself up for the next hour because I'm not them. It's saying, they're amazing. I want to be more like them. I'm going to see where they've gone on their journey, journey used again very ironically, and see actually, okay, how can I get there? So I think Instagram should be used as a platform for inspiration rather than something to be cruel to yourself about. Well, I'd love to ask you, Kaylee, as well, because obviously you've done a lot of presenting now and you're brilliant at it and you you love interviews, you make people laugh and stuff. But do you ever find that because obviously as graduates, imposter syndrome, we've men- mentioned this before, imposter syndrome is rife because you're like, I'm 21, 22, 23. I don't have the right to interview people who are 30, 40, have established music backgrounds, all this kind of stuff. So how have you found that kind of age thing within the industry? Has it been a problem for you or does it not phase you at all? Do you know what? It don't phase me at all because in the sense that everyone is just humans at the end of the day and I think it's so easy to put people on these pedal stores and give these people privileges for what do you know what? for what like okay I'm going to interview you because I play your music and I support you I play your music in the clubs I play your music on the radio you're getting that PRS so yeah you will do an interview with me do you know what I mean so Sometimes in your own mind, you put people on pedal stores and give them privileges that it's just like, it's not actually that deep. Yeah, I'm 21. You may be 30. That's cute. Let's do this interview and let's give my followers a very good interview. Let's give your fans a very good interview because that's what they're coming here for. So it's just, again, insecurities. Bye, 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 bye. You are not welcome. You need to go. Bye. That's it. No, I completely agree. I think it's one of those things that's also is so translatable into every industry. Because I feel like a lot of people, especially in your first grad job, you'll walk into a room and you'll be like, oh my God, everyone is so much more senior than me. They've got so much more experience. And you've just got to be like, they're a person. They're a person with their own flaws. They've been in this position. They need me as much as I need them because I've got different experiences. And it's just going into, and it's again, as the theme that's come up throughout this conversation, it's owning your identity it's saying I am me I have something to give and I'm going to put that out there and I think that's the most important thing that I've gleaned from this conversation about just trying to be authentically yourself and owning who you are yeah and talking like as you just said they need you as much as you need them in the sense that even like in any industry I'm not too sure whether you have runners in like day-to-day but even if you're the person that goes out and get the coffee okay without that coffee they're not going to be revitalized and they're not going to be able to do their job well which messes up someone else's job do you know what I mean it's all a chain so no matter where you are you are important in that chain do you know what I mean you have to big up yourself if you don't big up yourself and you don't respect yourself no one else is going to take you seriously or respect you so just say, do you know what? Yeah, I am bringing you the coffee and that's going to make your day good and that's going to make the work good and make the team do well. That's it. Don't look down on me because I'm making you coffee. And that's it. That's all you have to do. <laughs> you know what, Kaylee? I think so many grads are going to take so much just for those couple of sentences because I, like, I've like, i even been in meetings recently and, I'm, and they have actively said, because I think older people are starting to notice that you need to actually speak it. You need to speak and make sure they feel valued. They have said like it's so good to have younger people because like with everything going on, like you're you're so keen to learn, you're activists, like all this kind of stuff. So we bring something to the world that a lot of people can't and we just have to embrace that. So thank you so much for outlining that because I think you will just make people think, don't worry about your age because in the end of the day, you can always bring something, which is brilliant. Yes 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 the thing is as well companies literally hire young people just to tell them how to do things right do you know what I mean so don't think that because you're young that you can't do anything when I was doing radio I was start, I was like 14 and I was still telling people I don't care I can still do it I can still do it because of everything again you bring something no matter how little or how small you bring something to make the jigsaw all fit together so don't worry do not worry because no one else is probably even sitting in that room thinking, oh, yeah, you're too young. Because if they are, well, not being funny, you invited me in, in the building. So don't moan now. 
No, exactly. That's literally it. And I, I'm, I've sat in so many meetings and been like, oh, I am the youngest person in this room and nobody is going to take a word that I'm saying seriously. But the second that you stop thinking like that, that's when they start taking you seriously. We wrap up every conversation on this podcast by asking you one final question. And that is, Kaylee, how are you going to continue to grab life by the horns? Ooh. So I'm just going to keep working towards being on national radio and being a radio superstar. That's what I want to be. Yeah, I'm just going to keep going in that direction. And I can't even say what's coming up. So many different things come from so many different places. If you spoke to me a month ago, I wouldn't have thought that I was doing this that I'm preparing and that that I'm preparing. So, again, it's just being open to opportunities, being open-minded, and just taking every single opportunity as it comes. Even if something and you're thinking, oh, can I really get anything out of that? I promise you you'll get something, whether it's just something to put on the CV, whether it's networking with someone, whether it's just learning a tiny little new skill, you will get something. So if you've got the time, just go and do it. Seriously. Like, I think I don't work experience at a rock radio station. I don't listen to rock at all, but I learned some skills. So I still went. Do you know what I mean? Just go for it. Go for it. Because what else What else have you got to do, really? Like, be on Instagram and eat food. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Brilliant. Could not agree with you more. Kaylee, thank you so, so much. You've been brilliant. And you are going to be that superstar, trust oh, me. I hope, thank um, you. I, I literally put a tweet out today. I was just like, I want to just look into my future to know whether I'm a superstar yet and whether I meet Beyonce. That's what I need to know. <laughs> You're going to get there. Beyonce is going to want you by the end of this conversation. <laughs> thank you so Amazing. much. Thank you so much. No worries. Thank you for having me, girls. Wow, is all I have to say about that episode. Kaylee is a bundle of energy and enthusiasm and inspiration and motivation. I can go on with all the superlatives in the world, but that was just such an amazing episode. I remember Sophie and I came off our Zencaster recording and went on Zoom with each other and we were just like, oh my God, that was amazing. Kaylee is an absolute force for change and good. And we hope you gleaned as much from that episode as we did. We're going to leave all of Kaylee's links to the Radio Silence movement, to Girl From Brum, all the other stuff that she does in the show notes of this episode. It'll also be on our social media as well. And if you're looking to follow Kaylee on social media, her Instagram is at Kaylee Golden, Kaylee with two E's. Um, but yeah, we hope you loved that episode as much as we did. And we'll be back next week with a really exciting episode. So it's next week, Safe and I, it's just going to be the two of us. There's no guest. And we're just going to be chatting about life, what's going on with us at the moment, how lockdown's been affecting us what big changes are happening in our lives because trust me there's been a few and following that it'll be our graduate takeover so we're nearing the end of series three but we're so excited and we can't wait to speak to you soon